Not many federal employees get to speak truth to power, but the taxpayer advocate at the IRS is required to. Each year, the advocate evaluates the IRS problems and challenges that affect taxpayers and issues recommendations for the agency and for Congress. For the latest, we turn to the acting national taxpayer advocate, Bridget Roberts. Ms. Roberts, good to have you on. Thanks for having me today. And you are new in the acting position, having come from IRS and on the Hill, and you know a lot about taxation and the tax system. And you're also replacing a very long-standing taxpayer advocate, so a little bit of the big shoes to fill. Tell us about yourself and what this job is like so far. Sure. So I joined Taxpayer Advocate Service about 16 years ago. Um, Nina Olson, the former national taxpayer advocate, actually hired me straight out of law school. Um, And I worked my way up and around the organization in a number of positions, starting out as an attorney advisor to her, spending a few years on the Hill, working on things like Affordable Care Act, and then coming back and sort of moving up into the deputy national taxpayer advocate, finally, uh, where I was before Nina retired. So I've been acting, um, trying to fill those very big shoes since August when she retired. So none of this is a shocking surprise to you, though, of what you're seeing and what you're doing and the kind of findings you have to have all the time. No, it's been sort of part of my life for the past 16 years, and I love TAS, so I'm honored to be able to do this while we wait and find out who the permanent national taxpayer advocate will be. All right. Well, let's talk about the uh, report that just came out, the 2019 report. One thing about the IRS, there's never a shortage of managerial challenges and sometimes some serious problems. What did you find this year, principally? So I think the biggest issue, really not a surprise to most people, is customer service. You know, the IRS's mission statement is to provide top quality service and enforce the law with integrity and fairness to everyone. And I think the IRS is struggling to do both of those. You know, studies show that IRS customer experience is severely lagging. Um, We are at the near bottom for most major surveys that look at uh, customer satisfaction amongst the federal sector. And, you know, we're rated as being very poor. You know, taxpayers can't get through on the phones when they try to call us. For example, last year, if you tried to call the balance due line because you owed us money, only 26% of taxpayers actually got through and had to wait about 45 minutes. So, How can we be ramping up enforcement in the IRS if the taxpayers who owe us money can't even get through on the phone to talk to us and set up a payment or talk about the money that they owe or tell us that they have a hardship and they can't afford to pay the money? So I think this is a failure of IRS customer service that makes it impossible for the IRS to actually apply the tax law fairly. And I think a lot of what's happening in customer service has to do with uh, our aging technology and lack of sufficient funding. Um, I think those are two of the other big issues. But I also think even aside from technology and funding, there needs to be a cultural shift within the IRS about how we approach our taxpayers and who we hire and how we train them and how do we respond to taxpayers when they are trying to get in touch with us and reach out and ask for help. Because you do mention that they are trying to modernize, and they have a fairly elaborate technology modernization plan. It's about the fourth or so that I've followed in in 30 years of following them. And one of the things you mentioned in the report is that digital services, which they're chasing, don't necessarily translate directly to excellent service. Tell us more about that. I think think digital service is is a great thing, but I think it depends on the service and the taxpayer. Uh, There are always going to be taxpayers who want to talk to someone on the phone or want to physically walk in to an IRS office and talk to someone. 
taxes are a very, very personal thing for people, and not everyone is comfortable doing everything online. Um, so I think digital services are great and will help a lot of taxpayers, but there are still going to be instances when people want to talk to someone. A lot of times digital services are more generic and they're not tailored to your individual question that you might have. And so I think they can go a long way to improving customer service, but just because the IRS moves things to digital options, that doesn't necessarily guarantee that they're offering excellent service. We're speaking with Bridget Roberts. She's the acting national taxpayer advocate. And just a side question on the 26% of people that did get through to the phone. In general, were those people's answers accurate? So that's actually something that we don't know. The IRS doesn't necessarily track when you do get through and talk to someone whether the answer that you got was actually accurate or resolved the issue that you were calling about. And that's something that we've been pushing that we need to start tracking so that we understand once you do talk to someone, are we helping you and getting you the assistance that you need? Yeah, because you mentioned the surveys that don't give IRS very high scores for customer service, but there are specific metrics that can be measured beyond surveys, such as the percentage of calls that get through and and the follow-through and whether they were accurate or not. So it sounds like you would impose more metrics on the IRS so that they have a better understanding of where they do fall short. Absolutely. I think we need to look at, you know, the saying is you get what you measure. And if we measure how level of service and how many people get through on the lines, that's important, but it's not telling us how many times did that person have to call to get an answer and was that answer correct. So I think there are things like first contact resolution. Did we resolve their issue the first time they contacted us? Accuracy of the answers. I think those are things that we can really be focusing on to truly improve customer service. And there is a Taxpayers First Act, and you had some extensive discussions on how they are responding to that. Give us the highlights there. So Taxpayer First Act is sort of the biggest change in tax administration since uh, the 1998 Act. As a result, the IRS created a Taxpayer First Act office to oversee implementation and focus on some of the biggest provisions, the customer service strategy that the IRS has to um, put out by the summer, a possible IRS reorganization, and the IRS's training strategy. Um, Unfortunately, Taz wasn't able to uh, participate as one of the key executives overseeing this. Um, But the the group is looking at sort of existing research, talking with employees, soliciting input from stakeholders. We wish they were talking to more taxpayers to hear directly from taxpayers what they want from the IRS. I think that's a piece that we need the most as we're coming up with a customer service strategy because service needs to be based in large part on what taxpayers need and want to use. And if we don't understand that, then just making decisions based on what we think they want is never going to really get the results that we're looking for. And getting back to the modernization plan that they have, could that help their operational, I guess, efficiency when they finally get it done? And could that also reflect in customer service some point down the line? Absolutely. I think the modernization plan is going to need to be updated and expanded to include whatever the IRS comes out with in its customer service strategy, because so much of that is going to be based on technology. Um, And so I think... There is so much that is proposed in this modernization plan that if the IRS gets the funding and is able to actually carry through on that plan, it's going to have huge benefits to not only IRS employees, but to taxpayers, even in things that they can't see, um, because it will speed up how quickly we can work cases. It will give 
IRS assisters access to more information so they can assist taxpayers when they're talking to them. It will speed up processing of things that currently only happen on paper. So there are so many things that can happen behind the scenes that can improve things for taxpayers if the IRS has the funding and is able to actually carry out the modernization plan as it is currently proposed. And your report is really long, but give us the top two or three legislative and the top two or three recommendations for operational changes that you have for the IRS. Okay. It is long, um, but shorter than it has been in the past. So we're uh, hoping that people take the time to take a look at it. Um, Administrative recommendations along the lines of improving customer service. We recommend that the IRS create a customer experience officer within the IRS. It's something that lots of Big companies have done someone whose sole job it is to think about how things impact the customer rather than having that business focus. Um, Like I mentioned, we say that they need to expand the IT modernization plan to look at what is going to come out of the customer service strategy um, and make sure that is part of the plan. And then the IRS needs to make improvements in how it handles returns where they suspect there's possible refund fraud. They need more employees to work those cases. They need to work with Social Security to get paper W-2 information sooner, and they need to work on how they communicate with taxpayers so they understand what's happening with their refund. And what about Congress? Congress, we have plenty of recommendations for them, 58 this year. The number one is really increase IRS funding. The IRS needs enough funding to support this increase focused on taxpayer service, and it needs consistent multi-year funding to be able to support its modernization efforts. Um, Congress needs to authorize the IRS to set minimum standards for tax return preparers so we can make sure that we don't have taxpayers who are the victim of unscrupulous or uneducated return preparers. Um, And the IRS should should be required to develop a formula to identify taxpayers who might be at risk of economic hardship so we can protect low-income taxpayers from making payments that would leave them without enough money for their basic living expenses, and also prevent the IRS from having to rework those cases when the taxpayers ultimately default because they set up a plan that they couldn't afford. And when you walk through the halls, say, of New Carrollton or you visit the downtown headquarters as the taxpayer advocate, do you get spitballs or do they say, hey, Bridget, nice to see you? No spitballs. It is a very cordial, good working relationship. And I think every day we um, are working to partner more and more with the IRS to try to come up with new and innovative ways to look at issues and to solve problems before they impact taxpayers. So um, as much as our report is sort of pointing out areas where there are there's room for improvement, um, we're also working collaboratively with the IRS to try to resolve those things before they end up in the report. Bridget Roberts is the acting national taxpayer advocate. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks so much for having me. We'll post this interview along with a link to that latest report at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand and on your device. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffel Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com. A financial plan isn't just about money. It's about what matters most to you, like protecting your family, supporting your community, and building a legacy for future generations. At Northwestern Mutual, we start with a conversation about the life you want to live now and years from now. Whether you're paying down debt, saving for college, or planning for retirement, we have an eye on your bigger picture. Get access to our financial expertise at harlem.nm.com. 
The Northwestern Mutual Life Insurance Company headquartered in Milwaukee, Wisconsin.